Welcome everybody to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet referee, Dave Keener. So Dave's not here, but I bought a benefactor to come on to the show. Hello, Brian. Hey, how's it going, Dave? Doing great, my friend. Um, I got my car back. Oh, that's great, great. And then I, I put up another $1,000. For what? For um, my um, tires and brakes, rotors. So it'll last you, what, another year? Um, yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. And we have on the board Dave Walker. What's up? He's an all-Dave in the group. And the, how the Dave thing pitchers got going on, going up to wrestlers. Hey, you want to get into the Dave picture? It's because of you, David Arquette, Chester, Dave Chester, and Keener, and me. Too many Daves. Too many Daves, but knowing about the whole thing, I wanted to be looking for friends named Dave. I tried mm-hmm. to get like a Dave thing going on, going to like a store and be like, hey, your name? Oh, it's Dave. And then the next person goes, oh, Dave. And it'll be messing with Right, everyone that. just says, hey, Dave. Yeah, Dave. So who did we get on today? So we have Ty Awesome on the show today. Uh, welcome to the show, Ty. Hey, Ty. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Always, man. It's it's. How it is in the world, you know what I mean? You need to get everybody over, and everybody's supposed to be family. Before I do everything, you come on, when you come on the 2300, you become part of the family. And I always have to remember doing that because I always forget sometimes. Usually save it to the end. But, I always yeah. save it to the end, but I want to say it now because welcome to the family. And anytime you need to push stuff, we got we got our own little group pages and stuff like that. You can put your stuff on there, and we're all welcome to be a part of the family or Whatever. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So let's 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 have a little fun. Let's get started with the um first question. So what's going on in the world of wrestling right now? There is a company over in um Jersey that's not there anymore because the promoter. You think wrestling should have background checks? Um, no. I well, I mean, it really de- depends on what you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, like anything minor, you know. It, you know, that's that's really kind of one of those areas where how. How are we going to keep track of everybody who just is in and out of a wrestler? Like, who is a wrestler? You would have to have licenses in every state, probably, to keep track of all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for the ease of things, no. But, I mean, like, I could see where it would be, like, needed for sure. We don't want a murderer, like, obviously, <laughs> like, uh, you know, in the, in the event that you're on or, like, any, like, you know, offender or anything like that. You don't want any of those for sure. But, I mean... Uh, I mean, to answer your question, you know, that's, that's a really tough, that's a really tough question, really. I mean, I'd probably say yes, I guess in the future, but I mean, right now there's, I mean, man, here we go. You're starting yeah. off with a good question, man. <laughs> that's know. a really good one. I've never been asked that question before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, the, I would say, um, ah, dang, dude, I would probably have to say, yeah, one day, yeah, one day mm-hmm. I probably would be, you know, needed for sure. Like my whole thing, like there's a lot of things like let's say you went outside took a piss and you got caught by a cop i'm not right yeah. you shouldn't get banned for that no driving <laughs> and stuff like that i'm just talking about child molestation more of murdering or whatever else out there mm-hmm. yeah any like went, high crime if you like there's some stuff maybe you change your life in jail and you got back out like mvp yeah he changed his life around and he changed his life same with Booker T. They all changed their lives. There's certain right. things I'm okay with, but they went out and told people about it too. 
Mm-hmm. But right. but the time molestation and killing somebody is a no no in the business. But. I, I agree. I think it's hard to do with all the talent out there. But with like promoters and stuff, if they want to start their own businesses and things like that. I think they should have a background check before having their own promotion and things like that. Because you don't want anything like promoters. Like let's say somebody in the back did something, mm-hmm. and the See, that's something did. we should have. We should have a promoter background check. Absolutely. And I feel like that's a, that's a well needed wrestling thing. It's like okay. Mm-hmm. This guy pays this guy doesn't no, i'm kidding but uh <laughs> the, but it, it's definitely that would be a nice red flag you know red flag catcher too you know what i mean that's not a bad mm-hmm. idea i mean definitely things that aren't thought of you know that's not really thought of that often that's a good concept to think of so i'm moving on to a null question this is going around in jersey mostly promoters having beef with other promoters Saying that wrestlers can't work on this show and this wrestlers can't work here. Fans can't go to this promotion or you won't go to this promotion. I think promoters need to stop being childish people and just let the workers work where they want to work. and Don't tell people where to go. Yes. Yeah. It's a business. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I can totally understand that point of view of letting the worker work wherever they want. But um, let's say like these little towns like Delaware or like little places like Delaware, yes. you know what I mean? States like Delaware that have four wrestling promotions you know mm-hmm. what i mean four or five at the most you know i'm just going on a guess mm-hmm. um if if i'm working every single one of those shows how special is it to see me it's not that special you can see me anywhere i go yeah. so i i completely agree that a worker should be able to work wherever they want however if they you know if they find themselves at a good spot you know don't be afraid to you know push weight if you got enough pull and you know do that kind of stuff and you know that, that's something that caught on to me really early on is if I'm going to go to all these shows, it's not going to be a special to see me. And then, but I mean, to answer your question, I think workers should be able to work wherever the hell they want. You know what I mean? I honestly agree with that because I mean, we're our own people. We, you know what I mean? We don't have to listen to anybody mm-hmm. else but ourselves. That's just the kind of thing that we're in. Mm-hmm. We're so I'm contractors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, I think any worker should be able to work wherever they want. Um, but if anybody tries to seclude you from anywhere and keep you well, always always think about the business, too. You know what I mean? Like, um, as a wrestler who wants to advance, you got to think, okay, well, is the pay where I want it to be and all these things like that. So. I mean, if a, if a promoter asks you to do that, you know, evaluate the situation before you say yes. Absolutely do that. Um, but for a wrestler tuning in, like if you're wrestling everywhere and every company that's in your state, you know, that's cool. You're getting your bookings. You're getting your experience. That's awesome. But um, if... It, it, sometimes it can get old seeing the same person every time and some people would like to see you at one specific place um, just because oh I'm going to go there because I'm going to see him there you know what I mean instead of just in case there's a double book you know what I mean so I mean it's just uh, I well, yeah I, I'm rambling but like I said <laughs> it's okay like I said it, yeah it like I sense. said makes sense yeah like yeah. Yeah, the one promoter told fans that if you go to this one show you can't go to their show I'm like you can't tell fans where to go <laughs> no you can't it's that's it's it's like what are you paying? It's just one of those things. Like how are you going to tell somebody what to do who's 
not your your child. You know what I mean? That's what I think. You know, yeah. you know, we are wrestling fans. We're not, you know, gonna just watch. I mean, like you know, if you're a diehard WWE fan, you you've watched AEW at least once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're we're shoot, we're wrestling fans. We love the art. You know what I mean? We want to experience all these other people. You know what I mean? We do because we want to see where the talent is. You know, that's how we figure out what we like and what we don't like. And, you know, that's how, you know, you get familiar with the independence, you know what I mean? And, and anything else, you know what I mean? Not to, not to say that WWE and AEW are independent because they're absolutely not. But, um, I mean, it's just, you know, there's an audience everywhere, you know what I mean? And like I said earlier, like you're going to have some wrestlers that go here, but they won't go there. And that's nor here or there. But I mean, you're going to want to see that person once just to be like, oh, he was good. I like him. Or, oh, I really didn't really care for him, but he wasn't half bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, you want to go out as a fan, you want to experience those moments where where you can just watch something different, you know what I mean? And that was kind of the thing in, in the in the States here in the U.S. that, like, when AEW hit the board, like, it was huge. We have another thing to watch now. It's we, We're not secluded to one thing. We can watch all various types of craft and art and, you know, in wrestling. So, uh, yeah, people should be able to go to wherever they want. It's amazing that there's other art out there. You can go to the local indie show, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys work your butt off, so I have to, like, give you credit on that. Absolutely. So yeah, one promoter. We 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 keep every piece. You know, what I mean, we don't want to put drama in anything. We want to stay in the middle. So that's our right. plan: stay in the middle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, we like to attend all the shows. You yeah. know, we want to get around, see everybody. Yeah, everybody yeah. becomes family. So you want to see somebody wrestle. You know, but I, right. I I remember going up to one of the promoters at one of the shows, not their show, but somebody else's show. Like, how are you doing? And Alfred Noah, because Keener been in this business for twenty something years. His brother's longer. You know what I mean? Everybody knows about mm-hmm. Keener. Mm-hmm. And um, right. And out for nowhere, you hear the the one of the promoter goes on the phone. He goes, "Oh, they're just podcast guys." And I'm like, I got pissed off about that. I'm I'm mm-hmm. in my head. I'm like, dude, that's messed up. You know what I mean? Calling him, calling us just podcast guys. Yeah, I'm a podcast guy. But Keener's been in this business longer than anything. Well, what about when we mm-hmm. went to the show and we were helping them set up? And they're like, "Why are you helping us? You're just podcast guys. We want to mm-hmm. come out." And help. Yeah. Dude, we want to yeah. go see the show. We want to help. We can't. Yeah, they let us you know, come early and everything and set oh, yeah. up. And they're just like, you know, what do you want me to do? Just watch you set up? No, we're going to set up the chairs for you. We're going to do this and that. Yeah. We came here to just help out. Yeah, that should be appreciated for sure. Oh, they definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, they should they should appreciate your help. You know what I mean? That's what they should appreciate. But, I mean, yeah, it's, you know. I don't know where you guys are going, but it sounds like a, a weird time. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, be there, and we'll help out. And mm-hmm. Dude, we, we, we all set, like me and Keener set up rings before, so we know what we're doing. I'd love to right. learn. I you haven't I mean? been around the business a whole lot. So. But that's what it is. Let's get, let's, let's get into the next question. Yeah. So um, how about you tell us about your background and how you got into the business? I like to say origin story. Okay. Well, I like to um, it differently. <laughs> well um i um so i'll just start from like the very beginning just to kind of you know just to ramble some more Mm -hmm. so like growing up growing up i grew up watching the mighty Morphin power rangers you know so i mean if if you grew up in the 90s you know what that is um and i i was like obsessed with it as a kid probably until i was nine or ten years old (laughs) <laughs> right, I lo- lo- loved the Power Rangers. They were they were the best. I watched them all. I had them on VHS. It was great. I, I had a good childhood because of the Power Rangers. And 
when I was around 11 years old, I had some buddies down the street um, show me professional wrestling. And uh, through uh, SmackDown versus Raw, the original one on PS2, or P- yeah, PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's how I found wrestling, was through that. And um, I always compared the two of Power Rangers and professional wrestling. I mean, they're spandex, they fight, you know, it, it, it's... It's, you know, it felt like the same thing to me. So I felt like I could be a real life Power Ranger as a kid being a professional wrestler. So uh, I grew up, you know, just loving wrestling. And I, um, you know, I was probably like a a sophomore in high school when I went to my dad and I told him, hey, um, I knew his friend at the time, Bobby Gannon. He he babysat uh, Mark and Jay Briscoe when they were children. Um, ROH tag team, you know, if you haven't heard of them, look them up because you're missing the baddest tag team on the planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, my dad, you know, took what I said and he, you know, got up with Bobby and we ended up going down to Sandy Fork and, you know, we uh, we did, I did a little, you know, thing with them and, you know, that's when the bug really hit and then, um, you know, I graduated high school you know, I did a little thing with my friends and then um, I ended up going to training um, with um, Spinebusters Wrestling Academy. Um, and that was in 2014. I made my debut in front of a crowd in uh, 2013, November 2013. Um, and that was in New Jersey under um, Slam Promotions. And um, yeah, man, that was that was a crazy experience. It was good. First matches are always crazy, like in front of a crowd at an indie show. It's always, you know, a crazy experience. Um, yeah, it's like when somebody's uh, a surfer. And they, yeah, yeah, we went to a Waffle House after, and I couldn't even eat. I was just like, oh my god! Like I just lived my dream, like everything that I've ever wanted as a kid. I'm living it. And um, then, as um, you know, like I said, I went to Spinebusters Wrestling Academy, which at that time was being run by um, a wrestler by the name of Sonny Deed. And um, you know, I, I learned more about the art of wrestling, like uh, selling and showing emotion. I learned a lot of that. Mark and Jay Briscoe, I, they taught me my basics, uh, running the ropes, taking bumps stuff like that they just taught me that you know those guys are busy so i wasn't able to always train with them i probably trained with them once or twice before i went to um doing actual um to an actual training school because i just knew them through a friend so they you know helped them out helped me out you know being the good guys they are you know that they're really top-notch guys and really good dudes um, so I learned my basics from Mark and Jay. I went to training with, uh, Sonny D's at Spinebuster, Spine Wrestling Academy. Um, and, um, you know, I learned, you know, like I said, the art of wrestling and, you know, I started wrestling for three or two pro and then things just kind of went off from there. Yeah, he's still out there. He's with DCW. Yep. Yep. He's still around. I think he's doing one more go around. Now he's, a, now he's famous on YouTube. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. You, ever, you ever think about doing any of that stuff? YouTube? Yeah. Oh, that'd be freaking awesome, man! Make that YouTube money. Shoot, I could sit at home instead of taking bump, but uh, but uh, I mean, it'd be something cool. It'd definitely be something cool to do. Why not? I'm definitely not into ghost hunting though. Sonny can he can keep ghost hunting. I'm not for that. Wait, he does no, ghost hunting. That's what he does. Yes, he goes ghost hunting with um uh, CJ Fashion. Um, you know, uh, so like he, they do ghost hunts. Yeah, they go into like haunted houses and stuff, and they. They do that thing, man. That's what they do, and that's how they make their YouTube money. I need to, I need to join them. 
I need to join them for one episode. I want to yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, this really happened. It was a um, bachelor party at um, in Pennsylvania on what was um, the haunt place called Penhurst. And Keno, they're all Bates guys. They they do all hunts and all like the hunts and all that stuff. Yeah, but they know somebody that owns Penhurst, so. We went up there for a bachelor party. Me, there was t- two groups. One was the Bates guys, and the other group is like his friends and Ghostbusters and stuff like that. <laughs> Ghostbuster crew, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we walked around the whole place, and like I used my phone as a recorder, and I asked the question. I'm like, "Do you want us to leave?" And I didn't know anything, and I started listening to it on my way home, and I heard, "Do you want us to leave?" Yes, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Oh, dude, <laughs> That'd be a fun field trip. Join them on a haunt. Oh my gosh, I need to talk to them next time. Yeah, so we gotta do. Dave works with um, DCW, so next time I'm there, I'm like, you do ghost hunts, I want to join you. <laughs> please, 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 yeah. Ah, man, there's so much advice that I've been given. It's just the best thing I can say to like an aspiring wrestler is just to study. Um, you know what I mean? What the best advice that's been given to me um, is just go out there and give it a hundred percent every time that you go out there and um, and learn. You know, um, I know Kekoa used to get on me all the time. You know, he used to always you know just think if it makes sense. That that's the real important thing about wrestling. Yes. If it makes sense, and if it doesn't make sense, the vets will let you know. <laughs> they will absolutely let you know. Oh. And um, it it's uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I've really ever been told is you know really think out you know the scenario and think well is this real? Could this really happen? And you know think if it makes sense, you know make it make sense. We had we had a bunch of them said so don't be twelve, tuck your head. Right. Well, yeah. Tuck your chin. Note, tuck uh, your chin. Yeah. yeah. Keener's big thing was, you know, he said, why are people having like hardcore matches and ladder matches when, you know, there's no no build up to it? Like, why have a match just to have a match? There's got to be some sort of story behind it. Yeah, Yeah, there's got to be a build. Exactly. That's mine. Oh, that was you? Okay, I thought that was Keener. Okay, my bad. That was me. That was me. I I like to study wrestling. Mm -hmm. I want to see the storyline build because I missed that. Like, WWE did that for one point and now it's like short lived. Mm -hmm. And, and then, like, out of nowhere, you're like, eh, I'm tired. It's like, I want to see it build up. I want to see why you're having a ladder match or a hardcore match. or Yeah, you, you want the fans to feel what the art is, what they're watching. It, it's all about, you know, the moment. And you got to make it mean something. That, that's what it, it, it's all about. You got to make your audience invested. And, and that's a really hard thing to do sometimes. It's challenging, but sometimes you got to think outside the box to do those kind of things. Well, with WWE and their pay-per-views now, they name them Hell in a Cell, TLC. So they try and make the stories culminate in these, yeah. you know, but it just doesn't work out for some of the storylines. I still think... Mm-hmm. Just, just because they have a pay-per-view name that, they want to throw them in a Hell in a Cell. <laughs> I still, right. I still think they need to deal less and less at pay-per-views. It's too much. Yeah. I agree with that. It's like AEW. You're Getting middle and end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would help. So one of my questions I love is pet peeves in the business. I know one of my pet peeves is referees being out of positions. That's the same with Keener because I notice it every time. Um, rest, uh, referees not wearing the same like outfit, like shoes, black shoes, and mm-hmm. stuff dress like that. code. Just wiping your feet before wiping. you enter the ring. Yes. Do you have any pet peeves in the business? 
Um, I really don't have too much. Um, it, find your own seat in the locker room. Um, you know, I hate when I have my own chair and then uh, I have my bag on top or next to it, and then I come back, someone's sitting in it. You know, that, that's always like, okay, my stuff's right there. I don't know. Uh, especially if you don't know the person, you know. Like, uh, if you don't know people, that can become all kind of rude. Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest pet peeve, you know what? My biggest pet peeve is handshakes. You better shake my hand <laughs> when, when when I walk around. I, my biggest thing is I like to go around and shake everybody's hand. And, um, you know, I, I make it known that I'm going around and shaking everybody's hand. And, um, you know, I, I, and I notice people see me doing that and sometimes they don't come up to me. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, if you don't know somebody, come up to them, introduce yourself. You know, that, that I'm very, that I'm a firm believer in that, you know. Um, and that's something that I fell victim of, you know, the first time that I was in a wrestling show in PA. I went to a wrestling show and I shook a couple of people's hands, but I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't know any better because no one warned me. <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have a proper teacher at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I mean, I was getting, I was taught, um, but I was only taught my basics. I wasn't taught etiquette. So, I mean, um, you know, etiquette's very important in this business and it gets you far. Um, respect everybody and don't take everybody, don't take yourself too seriously. I believe in that a lot too. You know, we, we all got a hype to believe in, but, you know, we're all human beings that bleed the same blood at the end of the day. Yeah, so. I know. I know I, I've been shaking a lot of hands lately. But yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's so weird because I'm just a podcaster and, like, but I'm with Dave, so I'm, like, going to shows with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, and there are wrestlers coming up to me. I'm, like, I'm just a nobody. Hi, how are you doing? I'm just the, yep. you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird, you know what I mean? But at least everybody's getting to know who I am, going right. to yep. shows and stuff like that. And, it's all about making the connections. Yeah, yeah it was just yep. weird in the beginning. And, yep. It's still, it's still fun. I remember one time I went to a wrestling show and I went into the wrong building. The building I was supposed to go to was across the street. And I ended up walking into an ice rink, you know, with all my gear and merch and everything. And I just started shaking shaking people's hands, you know, just started <laughs> shaking people's hands. And then I realized, oh, this isn't the building. And I ended up leaving after just shaking like three or four people's hands. I was in like an ice skating rink or something. Who cares? Who cares? I walked in there. I started shaking hands, realized I went in the wrong place. You left. Okay, well, at least I tried. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good. That was a good time. Me and Keener, because um, we we like to do comedy stuff. So I might have to steal that for an episode for one of our things in the future. Like going to the wrong place. Going the, we plan on going to wrong places mm-hmm. because, like, we're we're planning on going to like gimmicky places like um, Dudleyville and um, mm-hmm. Death. What is it? Death Valley or no? Death that's Valley, real. That's, that's real. Place, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Like, like Arizona, California. California, yeah. Like we're yeah. planning on going parts unknown. Parts unknown. <laughs> there we, there we go. go. <laughs> we're gonna look for parts unknown and record all that stuff. And there you go. That'd be a cool place to do a little promo. Yeah, it's like, but we're always lost, and it's gonna be fun because I, I still, I think it'll be funny. Just be a good mini series. Yeah, mm-hmm. always lost and go to the wrong place. <laughs> Pretend we went to the wrong wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of going places, do you have a good road story you'd like to share with us? Um, I mean, I think the best road story that I tell is probably the time that uh, that I was. I think we were coming home from. Oh no! And you know what? We were going to the show. We, it was me, my dad. My dad is like my rock. He comes with me to like all the shows. He, we met him. Um, he yeah, yeah. He films a lot of the shows, so that's that's my right hand man. Uh, and he likes to drive, so he um, he's basically the driver every time we go on a show. 
Um, so my dad, it was me and it was Killian McMurphy. We were all in the car and we were driving to, I think it was triple WA. And I think at that time it's where they run now. I'm not sure if it's at Pottstown or if it's, I I think it's in Quaker town. I think they're in Quaker town, PA. They're running in the mall there. And, um, at that time, me, Killian and my dad, we were driving up in this work van, (laughs) you know what I mean? Cause my dad's a construction worker and we just, we just took, we just took that, we just took that thing with us, man. And, um, we ended up driving, driving and, uh, we had a tire pop. (laughs) So like, so like, yeah, we had a tire pop in the middle of Delaware when we were supposed to be in Pennsylvania. And like me and dad, we drive from Maryland. We drive from, you know, Salisbury, which is about a half hour from Ocean City. Um, so we drive from there, we pick up Killian, we, we just drive up to the show and we get a, or not to the show, but we, we are driving there on route one and then our tire pop, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's me, my dad and Killian, and we all are scrambling to get this tire back on. We end up getting a, a donut on and driving the rest of the way, but yep, that was, that was the time. And we love Killian. Killian yeah. is always yeah. impressive. Well, so I, I I don't know I I know I have a couple stories with Killian, but I'm I'm not sure if Killian was in that story, but I know this happened with me and my dad for sure. But that's that's probably the most eventful road story I had with me and my dad driving on a donut for another four hundred <laughs> miles for two another hundred miles probably to get to Quaker Town, and then we drove three hundred miles back on a donut. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like it was one of those things where I was just like chattering my teeth and biting my fingernails. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, are we, get, are, we, are we getting home? Well, if you ever get stuck oh. in Delaware, just give us a call. We're right okay. around the corner. We're right there. On. We're there. I'm yeah. in North Wilmington. I'm there. <laughs> so I know Route 1. <laughs> but um, here's one of my favorite questions to ask people. Table of five. You're the fifth person at the table. You can put any four other people at your table. Dead, live, and got a spin for it? I do not. Not for this one. No, not this one. I don't have a spin for this one yet. <laughs> Who would they be? So five people, anybody at a table, I like mean four people. You're the fifth. You're the fifth. Yeah. Okay, um, we're talking wrestlers or anybody. You can wrestlers anybody you want. Okay. All right. So I would definitely probably want to sit with Paul London. Paul London was definitely my inspiration growing up. Him and Brian Kendrick. Um, oh gosh, so, yes, 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 so, yes. So in my opinion, I think Paul London would be at that table just so I can hear a couple road stories with him and Kendrick. Um, and and just him being my favorite wrestler and inspiration growing up. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, you can come. <laughs> um, so that's one. I, it's definitely got to be Paul London. Um, Drew Gulak, you know, I love talking to him. Um, you know, um, I've met him twice when I did extra work for WWE and like that was, he's just a super smart guy. You know, it's a shame, you know, he's not used more on television because the guy just knows his stuff. He's good in the ring. He's Mm -hmm. talented. Um, you know what I mean? And, And he's super freaking smart. He, I could go on about how smart he is, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to ramble, but I'd have Paul Drew, uh, Drew, Paul and Drew Gulak. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm really thinking, I'm like really trying to think. Um, 
man. Matt Riddle for sure. Matt Riddle. <laughs> I, I would lo- I would love to I would love to you know chill chill with that guy. Rob Van Dam. Um, Rob Van Dam would be a cool one. Yeah, I, I would say those guys. If I'm going to hang out with them, that that probably would be a pretty solid four people to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, be, uh, that probably would be just a solid four people to hang out with. And I feel like those are just like you know people that I just you know generally like. I mean, if I, I could pick superstars if I wanted to, but I feel like I would have more fun just talking to these people. Mm-hmm. I, I like that already. You could learn a lot talking to those people. So one mm-hmm. of, one of, one of my friends' uh, moms, she um, drove ECW wrestlers around all the time, and um, I was uh, we were all up in PA at the um, I forget what show it was, and London was on the card, and she went there to see Terry Funk because they're good friends, and she always called mm-hmm. him dad, and he always <laughs> called her daughter. So it's true. I'm like, wow, this is really true that she really does know these people. And um, I was waiting for London to stop talking and it was a long time instead <laughs> I talked to Crowbar and I had a fun time talking to him Crowbar's cool yeah we talked about Star Wars so that was cool yeah. <laughs> Star Wars and his kids he talked about and it was kind of cool talking to him but yeah I love your list dude Drew Gulak is amazing Um, everybody everybody in the, in the Philly area loves Drew yeah, yeah, and he's one like for being a famous person now, like being in WWE, he still texts these guys. Yeah, yeah. they talk, and that's where a lot of respect to Drew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle, RVD, right there. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be the fly on the wall, and I'm gonna chill there. And I'm gonna watch. <laughs> so I am a big prankster and rib guy. And um, I, I like how Killian, I told that Killian story about him ribbing Dave. I do that too to Dave. <laughs> I go to his house at like 6 o'clock in the morning and wake him up. <laughs> I, I do I do crazy things. I put get the bartender and put apple juice in their beard. Oh, you did that to Rick. Yeah. I did that to Rick. I, I, I do stuff. And I, I mess with people in stores. If I, there's a group of family walking around, I start following them around. And then they look at me and I was like, ain't this a tour? I do crazy stuff to just have fun. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I, I I can I can vibe with that. I'm the same way. So I'm like 42 years old. I'm gonna die someday. I want to have some fun. For sure, <laughs> so, it creates memories. Oh yeah, big time for me. And I can tell stories on on here. And did we do any ribs to each other, Brian? Not that I can uh, think of. <laughs> Between me and DB, I, 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 I gotta, uh, I gotta have it, my head on a swivel now. <laughs> I, I did get the whole Dave thing together. That was fun. Oh, and, you and David Arquette and Dave Keener and. Oh no! Like at work, like I started oh. like hanging out with people named Dave. Oh. And everybody gets confused. <laughs> Ain't that right, Dave? True, Dave. Okay, cool, Dave. So let's get into any stories about pranks or ribs. Will you? So, um, I mean, I'm always the guy who will rib and just joke around, you know, I'll go and just like poke people on the back and just keep walking. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always the guy to go up to somebody and just like poke at them just because, you know, I'm, I'm always for like, just like interacting with people. I know I love the, I love ribbing, you know, I, I truly cherish it. I, I, I'm definitely one of those guys. I know, um, you know, probably my favorite rib that I've, I'm, I'm just going to go with my favorite rib that I've ever done to somebody. When I was at working, uh, you know, I love talking about Triple WA because I used to just have so much fun up there. Um, when I wrestled for Triple WA, I wrestled uh, Stan Styles a lot. I'm, I, you guys haven't heard of him? Check out his work. Oh. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's yes. got the shake weight. He's great. He does his bonanzas. You know, really cool guy. Loving the death. Super nice. Um, yes. used to, I used to work him all the time. I've probably had more matches with him than 
than most people I know. Uh, other than you know, probably yeah, I probably wrestled Dan Styles more than I wrestled Killian. So, um, so um, I remember uh, there was a Triple W A show where Stan was wrestling somebody. I'm not sure, but if you ever watch Stan's entrance, he rips off his pants mm-hmm. and, uh, and like um, this is before he did like the three or four of them. This is like mm-hmm. when he just had the one pair of pants. He ripped them off for his entrance. Um, and they brought it to the back and I just saw it there, like his, his vest and his pants. And I was like, Oh my God, this is my moment. <laughs> and I, I ran, I ran and like, I'm trying to figure out how to put these damn pants on. Like they snap in the, in between, in yes. the thighs, on the leg. Like I'm, I had to end up finding somebody. I was like, Hey, can you help me put this on? <laughs> like, so I, I think it was like one of the promoter's daughters. Like I was like, yeah, can you help me? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what a romper is or anything. Like, can you help me? <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, just help me, please. Like your hip, help me. So I ended up snapping all the pants on and, um, I ended up putting his vest on and I, I had a shirt on and I was like, no, I got to take my shirt off. Just dance for it. And me at the time I was, I, I mean, I still kind of am kind of skinny, but, um, yeah, man, I was, I took off my shirt and when he came in the back after his match, I don't know if he won, don't know what happened, but I was just in the moment. So he comes in the back and he looks at me and I literally watched this man's jaw dropped to his, to the floor. And like, he's like blown away. Like he was like, and, and, he looks at me, looks at the pants, looks at me again, and I say, "That's right," because that's what he said. <laughs> and and, and uh, he, he, you know, we got the moment in a picture. It's great. It's fabulous. That was probably one of my favorite ribs that he came to the back and he saw me his gear, and he was like, "Dude, we have to do this. We have to do this as a tag team." And, <laughs> and nothing ever came of it, but it was definitely something that we 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 joked and laughed about. That's really cool. Uh, so, so that was a good rib that I did on Stan. I enjoyed that one very much. We did an interview with Stan last year, I think it was. Yeah, Stan's awesome. Super Stan, nice guy. Very good. Mm-hmm. We, we go did. to most of his intergender bonanzas. Yeah. Last few of them, at least. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Mr. Ulala. Yeah, I love Ulala. So awesome. You know what I mean? But I, I love Ulala, and I love everything. Yeah, ECWA heavyweight champion. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I am a big fan, um, and it's so great. Every time he sees me, he's like so happy to see me. I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> very good dude very good dude there there was a fan at the dcw show and he looks like ooh la la and i was like mm. oh my gosh i have the video i had to send it to you after this and like he goes oh la la he did the voice and everything i sent it <laughs> to mike it was awesome and i was like holy crap and ooh la la's like yeah great job yeah this mm-hmm. is awesome it was i had to find it and send it to you mm-hmm. <laughs> but i am the happiest person in the world when i see ooh la man and we're supposed mm-hmm. to go out like before this whole um virus thing came along we were supposed to go to stanley's in um on folk road oh really yeah we were supposed to do that oh, i but, totally would have went with you guys it's like right around the corner yeah, from me. but <laughs> we're gonna plan on doing it again i just have to find out yeah have for some sure. fun yeah, you know, I mean, you guys can drink. I don't drink anymore, but I'll mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. So, Ty, have you ever had a geek out moment? Geek out moment. Hmm. What do you mean by a geek out moment? Like a mark out Which moment. Bro- yeah. Like, <laughs> you see somebody like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always been able to maintain my composure in those types of things. Um, but when I did extra work for WWE, of course, you see your people you grow up with. I, I was able to, you know, tell Rey Mysterio, thank you for making my childhood fun. And, uh, like, Daniel Bryan. I said thank you for helping me believe in myself. Um, when I um, when I um, what was I going to say? I mean, yeah, you kind of have those moments, I guess. I know when 
I was on TV that, I mean, that was the biggest markout movement of my life because I was on Monday Night Raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that was probably my biggest markout moment is just that moment in time. Um, but, I mean... <sighs> I mean, you know, probably, you know what? Okay. Probably my biggest mark out moment was it was the night after Monday night raw. It was a SmackDown. Um, it was a live SmackDown, SmackDown live and, um, two Oh five live was about to come on. And, uh, Rory Gulak, who he was on the first tour that I went, not tour, but he was on the first set of, you know, extra talent work I was on. And he was kind of teaching me the ropes and like, thank God for him because he was literally teaching me, Hey, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. You should do this. Like he was, he, you know, he was really giving me pointers. And like, I thank Rory every day. Cause I think if it went for him, I wouldn't have had this moment that I'm about to say. So like one of the things that Rory taught me was no matter what stand outside of the gorilla position, um, after SmackDown, because Vince leaves, you know, he, that, that's when Vince, you know, walks by, you know, and um, that's when he leaves Gorilla and he, he does his Vince thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, he walks away and people chant, no chance. So, uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, one, but um, the second set of tapings was the night after I was on Monday Night Raw when I wrestled the Viking Raiders. And it was the night after, uh, it was, it was right after, um, me and uh, Brandon Scott, uh, we were we were about to uh, we were about to tag on two hundred five live. I tagged with Brian Hardy on Monday Night Raw, but on uh, two hundred five, I tagged with uh, I tagged with Brandon Scott. And um, me and I told Brandon, I was like, "Hey, um, I know we're I, I know we're second or third on two hundred five, so let's just stand out at the main event of." SmackDown, you know, just kind of hang out, you know, you, you watch the TV, you know, because, you know, they have TV monitors set up so you can watch the show all around. Um, so, um, you know, we stood by a TV, you know, kind of, you know, we're warming up. SmackDown ended and, um, you know, just like clockwork, Vince McMahon walks out the door and um, he sees me and he sees Brandon Scott and he sees me again. And he says, thank you boys for yesterday. That was probably my biggest mark out moment when Vince McMahon told me, thank you boys for yesterday, <laughs> even though it wasn't Brandon on TV that night or the, the night prior. Mm-hmm. So like I, so that kind of made me think, well, he just, rec- he recognized my hair or something, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? And he, re- he remembered, um, you know, the slam I took, you know, who knows, you know, who knows. And, um, that was probably my biggest mark out moment just to hear Vince McMahon say, thank you boys for yesterday. And I just remember saying, thank you so much for the opportunity. He just strutted away in his Vince McMahon million dollar strut. Cause that's how he really walks. He really walks like that. No joke. Um, but I, I would say that, yeah, yeah. He, that was probably my biggest mark out moment. I'll say that was, and that's not just to talk about it. That's probably just in general. <laughs> So how was the catering? Catering's always good. But I, I mean, catering was good the first set that I did. Um, when I did, um, I think it was, I think the first time I did it, it was, it was, yeah, it was Pittsburgh or, you know, it was Philly and Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So, um, so I did those two. Um, that was the first time I went. And then, you know, I had catering both nights 
because we only did the No Way Jose Conga line on Monday and then Tuesday. We just kind of we we did matches in front of the wrestlers and then we just had catering the rest of the night. We weren't needed. So, um, food's good. Food's definitely good. They definitely take care of their superstars. The aspect of food. Um, the second set of tapings I went to it was Baltimore, and when they're in Maryland, they do crab cake. Mm. So like that was pretty dope. Um, and then the second night we were in Norfolk, Virginia, and it was, they had good stuff there too. But the thing is, dude, a, a kid can't eat when he's stressed out. <laughs> so like, but um, I mean, I was able to eat the first Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, but the second time, you know, I when I was told that I was going to wrestle on Monday Night Raw. I was like, my nerves were shot. I can't eat. You know, I got to look my best. You know, I can't eat. I'm about to live my freaking dream. So, like, I couldn't eat the crab cakes. And that was probably the biggest disappointment there was. But it it was a sacrifice I was willing to take for the moment. Um, So, um, uh, yeah, so I didn't get to eat any crab cakes on that Monday Night Raw. And then um, after the practice matches on uh, the before SmackDown the next night, um, they, I was told I'm wrestling on 205 and I was like great now I can't enjoy the Norfolk one but hey it was another sacrifice I'm willing to take to live my dream you know what I mean I'll save up I'll just grab a little couple pieces of bread and I'll be good <laughs> so that's what I did I just kind of filled up on bread and water and crackers and I just went on, I went on my way <laughs> but uh, yes they take care of their guys over there they really do at least when it comes to catering I don't know about I mean I was never signed I'm, never, I'm not signed to a contract or anything I, I went there and I worked four days total for them in my lifetime so far um, so that, that's all I know about is what I experienced <clears throat> excuse me what I experienced I hope, you, I hope you do get a contract one of these days it'd uh, be nice but I'm, I'm, I'm always just about you know just living in the moment yes. I always believe in that I totally understand that. So we like to play games on the show. It's okay. We, this one game is called Five Questions of Doom. So the five questions are non-related wrestling Not, questions. Mm-hmm. You don't know what we're gonna ask. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. You want to do Dave? Dave does the voice. I need to get that recorded now. Dave Walker's gonna do it this time Dave for us. Will, nah. So Dave, Dave goes like. Get ready for five questions. I can't do him. I'm doing can't do that voice. I can't do his voice. You want to try again? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the five questions of doom. That was good. Yes, I can't do it. Question number one. (laughs) So much fun. So question one. I'm I'm mixing everything up. Okay, let's see. Ooh. Favorite theme park? Favorite theme park? Um, I haven't really gone to any like big time theme parks. Um, so I mean, if I was just to pick one, I'd probably say um, I'd probably say Blue Diamond. There was a place in PA. It's Blue Diamond Park. I went there as a kid. I used to race motocross as a kid, okay. and I remember. I remember there was there's like a motocross track, like a little uh, there's like a little like amusement park, and then they have a little BMX track. I used to love going there as a kid. So Blue Diamond Park, but if I was gonna have to say something mainstream, probably something like Six Flags or something. You know what I mean? I haven't been to anything cool like that. Jolly Rogers is cool, <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> I never really thought anything so too big. Question number two. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> What superpower would you want? 
Uh, flight, probably, just to save on gas. <laughs> save Great on answer. gas, man. Gas is, gas is, I'd probably go with flight just to have that advantage. Okay. I always tell people I, I like the healing, so I'll take healing. Yeah, that's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Not a bad one yeah, for a yeah, wrestler. I, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know when I play D&D, that's the kind of tactic I go for, something that is like healing and stuff like that, so I can vibe with that. Question number three. I know fast food is a horrible thing out there, but McDonald's or Burger King? I prefer McDonald's, but like I, I like Burger King too. But I mean, I, I'm I used to be a huge Mac sauce guy, so I, let me just tell you my my McDonald's order just to spare your time of nothing useless knowledge of of Thai awesome. So I used to go to McDonald's and I was tell them hi how are you let me get a bacon mcdouble with no pickles and add big mac sauce a mixed chicken a large fry and a, uh, a large sweet tea and a cup of big mac sauce to the side that's what i would ask for every time that i went to mcdonald's and it's a wonder i'm not it's a wonder i'm the size i currently am because i should probably be 30 pounds heavy for how many times i've ordered that and i've probably made a lot of mcdonald's employees upset for how many times i've ordered that and it's actually pretty funny that you can do that because it only costs 30 for that side of Big Mac sauce and they're either going to put it in a little cup or they're going to put it in a four piece nugget little box for you and sometimes they load you up sometimes they, they skimp you up but usually they hook up <laughs> <laughs> so there's your there's your little McDonald's secret menu tip hey I love it I love it <laughs> yeah it's so weird everybody goes to like McDonald's and stuff like that and orders the same thing I like to play around you know what I mean and mm-hmm. figure out figure out what I want to have and yeah I'm looking I'm looking for the next question question number four Favorite sidekick? Oh, I'm a huge Robin fan. Huge Robin fan. So if my if I'd go favorite sidekick, it'd be Robin. I'm a big Batman fan, so yeah, Robin's yeah. Less, yeah. At, at my shoot work, I uh, my uh, when I I started out as security at my old job, and um, my overseer he was Batman and I was Robin, so it just kind of clicked. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a huge Robin person. He's a huge Batman person, so it, it worked. So out of all the Robins that ever been in the comic books and all, who's your favorite? <laughs> Oh, man, I am really crappy with names. I really am when it comes to it. But I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I really couldn't give you a name off the top of my head. If I had names in front of me, I could tell you. But definitely the the Robin that became Nightwing. Okay, that that Dick, was Dick Grayson. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to say Dick, but I, yeah. you, you know, that that's a that's a strong word to say. So <laughs> you can say whatever you want on this podcast. Uh, yeah, okay, we're, we're um any rated you want us to be. We're R-rated, find some points. And... <laughs> Question number five. Favorite comedian? Oh, that's a man. Oh, man. I mean, I love Kevin Hart. He's great. I love Adam Sandler. Um, if I had to pick a favorite, that's that's pretty tough. That is pretty, pretty tough. I would probably have to say, like, my favorite comedian of all time would probably. Like, are, are we talking stand-up or, like, are we talking acting? Stand-up, acting, whoever. <sighs> you, you know, I am... I'm, I mean, I'm probably gonna have to go with Kevin Hart. That dude's an animal. He's hilarious. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big fan of um, Andy Kaufman. I'm a big. Fan oh yeah, yeah. Of, I'm a big fan of um, George Carlin. That was they're mm-hmm. my top two. But okay. Oh, and Bernie Mac. Can't forget Bernie Mac. Yeah. And his cookies. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my cookies. Okay. Um, got a question? 
I'll let you play some. I, I can't beat the whole host. Well, you were doing the five questions of doom. Oh, it's over now. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any uh, memorabilia of, you know, any wrestler or any sports person or anything that, you know, you treasure? Oh, man. Um, I know I treasure my friend's memory. His name was Eric Chappell. Um, his real name was Marty Eason. Um, I, yeah, well, no, it, it, no, you're totally fine. Um, he passed away about two years ago. Um, and uh, me and him were never really close outside of wrestling, but we, you know, we're both from around the same area. We knew of each other's friends, stuff like that. So when we met each other through wrestling, um, you know, I, I looked up to him in a way. You know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't even say in a way. I looked up to him. Um, to me, he had it all. He had, you know, it, he could have, he could have gone far in wrestling and, um, you know, he was always super nice to me, you know, and people would always, you know, in the wrestling business, people throw shade. That's just how it is. We're all trying to get up. I'm not going to say everyone throws shade, but like, I mean, if you've been in the business long enough, I mean, you know, you, you hear this and that, this and that, you know what I mean? But Eric Chappell was the probably i mean whenever i was in a delaware locker room and eric chapel was in there he was the guy that i probably you know looked up to as a person the most i always have had a really close relationship with kikoa um but eric chapel you know um you know he's not with us anymore and you know i had a couple moments with him that i cherish and you know i, I miss him a lot and you know I, I think about him all the time every time i wrestle for one cw i'm thinking about him so I, I treasure his memory, um, and, and um, I have some, you know, things that I cherish. Like I have my um, my Super Eight medal uh, when I wrestled in the ECWA Super Eight, and I wrestled in the semifinals, and I lost to Chase Owens from the Bullet Club. So you know, I, I cherish that medal a lot. That's something that's a lot to me. Um, you know, and th- those are probably the biggest things I cherish. I have a couple posters that you know mean a lot to me and um, stuff like that. But probably those are going to be my my most sentimental things that I I cherish. Um, the memories with my dad, you know, um, because uh, you know I brought my dad into wrestling with me when he wasn't really a fan, yeah. um, but he became a fan through me and watching his son um you know enjoy life you know he he got enjoyment out of watching me enjoy my life and you know that's something that's you know meant a lot to me because me and my dad's relationship has never been stronger um so you know that that's something else that i cherish that wrestling has given me so yeah we we met your dad at one cw and like yeah brian Brian, brian's getting into the independent scene and he goes, who's Ty Awesome? And your dad answered, he's my son. Because <laughs> he's wearing your Ty Awesome shirt. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and then he saw you that night. And yeah. Yep. wrestled him. It's like, that's Ty Awesome now, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your dad was at ringside. I think he was taking videos or something yeah, of, of all the video. matches. Yeah. yeah, man, that guy's my rock, like I said. So, yeah, I, I that I really cherish a lot, too. You know what I mean? So, definitely, you know, the memory of Eric, my dad, uh, all the memories that I've created with my dad. Uh, um, you know, my Super 8 medal, you know, I've, I've created a lot of memories with my dad. I, that, that means a lot to me, too, all the memories that, you know, me and him have tackled together and all the problems that me and him have encountered together. All the times he's heard me complain, all the times he's heard me rave, you know what I mean? He's always been there for me, so I really cherish that. Okay, before we end everything off, do you have one good story to tell us? Um... I mean, I think you guys got all my good ones out of me before I could, uh, before I could really hit them in, you know, um, you know, uh, I had a really good story to tell, um, you know, just, 
you know, on the subject of my dad, I'll probably just share the best memory I have of my dad in wrestling. Um, you know, my dad's done a lot with me in wrestling. My dad's helped me drive. He's always been there for me um, emotionally. I remember when I couldn't even tie my kick pads, he would go behind me and tie my, my kick pad covers for me just to make sure I was okay. You know, my dad's always been there for me. Um, my dad has filmed shows. My dad has um, helped uh, promoters when they've been in crappy situations, like if a ring was broken. He would help fix it. My dad's a helper. Um, so probably, you know, my dad's been there for me through the, you know, I wouldn't say the very beginning, but probably like, probably like a year in and I've been wrestling for seven years. So like, I'd say probably the last six years, my dad's been with me to almost every single match, probably except one, you know, and, um, maybe two, you know, I, I really don't know. But, um, so he's been there with me from rock bottom to the top. And, um, I remember probably my best memory that I have with my dad is, um, after I wrestled on Monday night roll with the Viking Raiders, you know, I got popped up. I got slammed one, two, three. I got shown on replay. Um, you know, all that moment, you know, it was great. It was a moment, but probably the best moment I had, um, and that night was going into the, um, the parking garage with my dad and meeting him at the car. And, um, I remember him getting out of the car because he had got out of the arena early after that match because he had already seen what he had wanted to see and his phone was blowing up. So, um, probably my biggest moment that I had that night was getting to go back into that parking garage where we parked and, uh, seeing him get out of the car and have his arms wide open and, you know, me and him just embrace you know in a big hug because we had gone through a lot of hard hard work and a lot of hard hard nights and a lot of long long drives together you know what i mean so that was probably the biggest moment i've ever had in my wrestling career and in you know my relationship with my dad you know is to have that hug of embracement you know to say that you know he didn't even have to say he was proud of me that night mm -hmm. you know he didn't he, you know that hug it just was like all the hard work that we have ever done you know it paid off tonight mm -hmm. you know what i mean it was all worth it you know we he did that by my side and i'll always cherish that he was always there for me you know and yeah. it, you know he'll, he'll probably listen to this later he's probably mm -hmm. heard me, he's probably heard me say the story a hundred times but <laughs> it's always harder and harder to tell the story every time because i feel the moment every time i tell it um so that's probably you know a good story a good feel good story to uh to do that Absolutely. to uh to tell you guys yeah i, to I totally understand my dad's my hero and mm -hmm. everything about him you know what i mean he was there for me when my mom passed away he, mm -hmm. he worked three jobs to get us whatever we wanted it's great to have that support system because not everybody has that yeah right. yeah for sure and he's, he's definitely been there for me uh before we wrap up is there any social media you'd like to plug for facebook twitter or any of that sort yeah for sure you guys can find me on uh facebook just look up ty awesome it's easy to find me um instagram it's at ty awesome twitter it's at ty awesome pro um you know you can just find me on any of those platforms Awesome. It's really all, all I have to plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. It was awesome. Mm. Awesome and awesome. <laughs> To have, to have Ty awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I had an awesome time. Definitely definitely one of the funnest podcasts I've been on. I've never really played a game show on a podcast before, and that's definitely one way to liven it up, man. So we appreciate you guys, it. You guys, you guys are doing a fun job. Keep doing what you guys are doing because, you know, you guys are giving us wrestlers time to shine when, you know, we're in an era of wrestling not being huge right now. It's hard to wrestle right now. So, like, you guys doing podcasts, you know, we thank you guys for keeping us, you know, keeping us active, keeping us, you know, keeping this wrestling thing going. You know, we appreciate you guys a lot. So thank you. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. We appreciate the feedback. Oh, dude, I love feedback. You can say how bad I am, and I'm like, yes! (laughs) Something. Something. I'm like, yes, somebody said something. Uh, It's like you put put out episodes on pages hoping somebody go, oh, dude, I listened to your episode. Awesome job. Like, I had a bunch of people that have done that recently. I mean, it's like, dude, I just listened to this episode and this episode. It was awesome. Yep. And one of the questions was to um, Black Cheese. He's like, I asked him, I was like, oh, what's your favorite movie? And um, Chio goes, please don't be Scarface. Please don't. This is in his head. Yeah. Please don't be Scarface. Scarface. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was like a great feedback I got from somebody. And I was like, damn, I love this. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so many podcasts out there, and so like mm-hmm. I became friends with a lot of them. And the only thing I care about is getting them all over. I'm wearing Bob Culture shirt right now because it's supported. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just put our own line recently, and that's kind of cool. Um, if anybody wants a closing line. Yeah, yeah, it's all Dave shirts. <laughs> we need to get shirt. some masks on there. Yeah, <laughs> we should get masks on there. Dave mask. <laughs> Run away now. Uh, promo? <laughs> promo. After we end the show. Oh. Okay, oh, yeah. we're going to end the show in five, four. Three. Oh, it was great having you on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yo, that was funny. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, yeah. like I said, well, thank you guys for having me on. It, it was it was a fun hour or so. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see you guys. Hopefully, I see you guys again soon. Um, I rock your, your wristband that you guys gave me when we first met. So, uh, you know, thank you guys very much. And, you know, once again, I'm, I'm appreciative. And you guys killed it. I had a lot of fun. You need to get a wristband to him to me, and I can rock it. <laughs> I got Matt um, Vertigo's on right now. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was awesome trade. It's like, oh, let's trade. And yeah, we try to support everybody. <laughs> but I support it in my room. It's it's there. Like everybody that gave me something, it's there. Bam, mm-hmm. Sullivan gave me um, a wristband. It's chilling right there near my movies that I love so much. Yeah movies so it was great having you on all right dave and we're gonna count down five four three two one ladies and gentlemen thank you and this has been the 2300 wrestling podcast i'm dave keener alongside db richards and we'll see you in the ring and thank you ty awesome for being a wonderful guest on our podcast hey guys how's it going it's ty awesome and you are listening to the 2300 wrestling podcast